Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's show. I don't know about you and where you are, but uh, where I am, the cold is uh, hitting us right now and it is snapping hard. Um, so stay safe out there. If you're in the U.S., especially I know there's this uh, polar vortex, whatever it is coming down uh, from Canada, and it is making us very cold, you know, single digits um, in some places, double digits, um, you know, in the teens at night where I am, and uh, that's that's cold enough for me. But anyways, about lighting. So today I'm really excited to bring you um, how to add video to your lighting show. That's what we're going to talk about in our main segment. It's... Um, a question that I get a lot from people. A lot of times I have people asking me about adding video to their show. And to tell you the truth, um, the lighting business and the, the industry at large has has not done an amazing job in, in history in the past of making it easy to integrate video and lighting together. And uh, so today we're going we're gonna to talk more about that. Now, if you are new to the show, I'd really like it if you could go to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. When you go there, I'm going to send you a free guide. Uh, why is it a quiz? Well, because I need you to answer a couple questions so I can get you the right guide to get you started with lighting. So you will find that there at learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. Of course, the link will be in the show notes as well. So be sure to do that. Um, really important because I want to get this into your hands and uh, f- just learn a little bit more about you. Now, today in lighting news, really exciting. Uh, my friends at Obsidian Control, makers of the Onyx console. This is formerly uh, MPC and M-Series by Martin. And uh, they've put out a new console, the NX4. And I'm really, 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 really excited for this, okay? Because one of the things, as, as you guys probably know from me and, and the way I like to, you know, present things here, is that I like to partner and I like to recommend consoles and brands that really put a lot of thought into their products and then offer them at, you know, an unbeatable price point and a, and a great value. And they've really hit it out of the park with this one. Okay, so this is... Basically, it's a it's a rebrand and rebuild of the old Martin M1 console, which, if you're not familiar, was a console that had 10 main faders and then uh, 16 submaster faders on the side and uh, some buttons as well. And, and they've taken it up a notch, okay? This thing's awesome. So back at Martin, before Martin sold off this console, um, they added a bigger touchscreen HD, and uh, which has encoders. It has uh, knobs on the side that you can turn to get uh, control of various things, okay? They, they added that back in those days. Now, this, it, it just takes it a step further. So you've got everything that that console had before, but, but, faders 11 through 20, the, the playbacks 11 through 20 on the front of it are now buttons, and, and those buttons have LCD screens above them. Also, the main 10 faders are now motorized and also have LCD screens for labeling on top of them. And so this is awesome. I'm really pumped about this. I think that's just a great thing that they've done to be able to add that extra function in there so that, you know, right on the surface, even if you're changing pages and stuff like that, um, you're always going to see the right labels right above the button so you know exactly what's going on there. They've also added a master fader as an actual fader instead of a knob. I don't really care about that myself. Uh, But they've also redone the uh, parameter selector. So when you're programming, it's now on this really nice touch screen 
There's a dedicated wheel for intensity, and um, it just looks awesome. And it should come in, I believe, if I've read correctly, it should come in a little bit less expensive than the old M M1 was. And, and under the hood as well, um, I get really pumped about this because it's exciting. Under the hood, it's a completely new processor, completely new, really fast hard drive, um, really fast RAM. It's obvious that they've really um, poured into this. I know I talked to the folks who make this um, and they've really poured a lot of thought and energy into building a console that not only is applicable today and not only is, um, you know, something that's relevant today, but a console that's going to be relevant for a long time into the future. So if you're looking for a professional level lighting console, um, definitely check out the NX4 from Onyx. It is really cool. Awesome. Now, bumping on to our main segment, how, how do you add video to your lighting show? So, as I mentioned in the intro, um, on a professional level, um, generally, until uh, the recent years, video and lighting really were, were separate, and they were always triggered separately in most shows and most occasions. And so, because of that, you might be asking, okay, David, well, why does this matter to me, maybe a hobbyist lighting person, maybe a church lighting person, whoever you might be, um, you know, why does this matter to me? Well, because... In general, when I talk to people and I talk about products and software and I work with these manufacturers, I learned, I've learned a few things over the years. The first is that overall, the entertainment industry is pretty small when it comes to um, the ability to bring products that are unique just for us to the market, meaning that when they do build a product or a console or something like that, they, they want to find off-the-shelf parts that work on other hardware um, so that um, they can make things work and, and make it be cost effective. There's not really um, generally the budget to, to do really custom stuff. Uh, they, they need to use off-the-shelf bits um, for a lot of things. And so when it comes to the hobbyist lighting um, world, you know, there's even less money and, and less users potentially out there. Maybe there's more users, but there's less money being spent in that industry and so there's less money to fund, um, you know, software and hardware and stuff like that. So where am I going with all this? Well, when it's it's really a trickle down thing. What we see in the professional world tends to trickle down to the hobbyist slash, um, you know, church part time whatever you want to call it world. You know, the the less than professional world, the affordable lighting world. Um, you know what what happens at the professional level trickles down, and so. I say that all to say and get back to my point that up until a few years ago, if you were on a professional show and there was video cues and lighting cues, you would have somebody in video playing the video things and have somebody in lighting playing the lighting things. And even today, a lot of times on a lot of shows, that's how it works. Someone, you know, sits on a headset and calls when the cues happen. If they happen at the same time, they just call them at the same time and the people press the button at the same time and, you know, it works great. But if you want to run your show from stage or you're using volunteers or you're trying to save on labor or something like that, you want to be able to run video and lighting together. So how do you do this? Well, there, there's really two ways to do this and... Um, the very first and most important thing you need to do is define what your output medium is. Well, what does that mean, David? 
Because when it comes to displaying video, um, there, there's really two ways to do it. Okay, so in the last few episodes, um, we've talked about pixels. And, um, and, and it, this matters because um, we got to choose the way that we're going to get the signal out to um, be visual in order to decide the equipment and software that we're going to use. So hang on a minute if that's a little bit confusing. So the last couple episodes, actually um, episodes, oh, what was it? 45 and 47 are all about pixels and LED tape. All about using lighting pixels. That's individual LEDs that get a lighting type signal and um, such as WS2811 and then are able to display video and video-like content through a pixel controller. Now, if you're using pixels like these, um, regular lighting consoles or specialized media server programs such as Entex Elm can send data directly to the pixel controllers and, and it's going to play video like content on these pixels that that run on a lighting protocol. Now, the other way that you can define your out the other type of output medium you could have is actual video, whether that's a video display, aka a TV, um, a projector, an LED wall, um, is something that actually you know, has a video input, whether that be um, SDI or HDMI or NDI or VGA or DVI or DisplayPort. There's, um, there's a lot of different options of, of signal. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, this is a video type signal as opposed to a networked lighting type signal that you're going to be feeding this display. So you're going to want to figure out first, the very most important thing first is to figure out, okay, in the end, if I'm running video with my lighting show, do I want it to be a video display type uh, content? You know, is it going going to go out to some type of video signal that the display is going to run? Or is it a lighting type signal that's, that's being sent to a pixel controller um, via a network DMX signal and then being turned into video that way? Um, neither way is right or wrong. It just kind of depends on what the final output is that you want to look like. You know, what do you want it to end up like? Um, so you really got to nail that down first. That's actually really important to do because as I mentioned before, it's going to influence what gear, what software, and, and how you put things together. So if you're using actual video, you're not going to be able to drive a actual video display from a lighting console or lighting software, generally, okay? Um, one, one place that, um, one piece of software that's recently come out that allows you to kind of kind of bypass this hurdle is um, ShowBuddy Active from DB AudioWare, which can be found at dmxis.com. Um, and, and that allows you to do that, but there's not a lot of other programs that allow you straight out of where you're programming your lighting, whether that be the computer, the lighting console, to send a video signal. However, um, ShowBuddy Active, as I mentioned, and Camsys Magic HD is built into their console. Um, and these are two, two programs that allow you to send video straight out of a lighting console. But most often, especially in the professional world, media for video screens is triggered via what's called a media server. Now, earlier we talked about a media server like Entex Elm, which drives pixels. And and can also drive, send out a video signal. Media servers 
are really designed the other way most of the time. They're designed in a video-centric way. So they're designed to maybe output multiple different video signals to different displays. They often have the ability to modify the video, like adjusting the speed, the size, warping it, um, applying color filters, etc. And um, most of these are designed like a video switcher. So they, it's, it's really a video-centric mindset where you've got two buses or two basically um, windows that, that you can run video content and then you can show one or the other. You can be faded in the middle of the two. And uh, But the cool thing about these media servers, um, some options are uh, Resolume, Arceos, GrandMA VPU, Pandora's Box, D3, Hippotizer, is that um, these media servers can, once you set them up and you bring in all your media and, and decide what you want things to look like, they can be triggered completely from a lighting console um, via DMX or networked DMX. And so how this is going to work is that um, you're going to send out, you're basically going to patch the media server into your lighting console as, as like a lighting fixture. And then you're going to be able to, uh, to then go ahead and, um, and really just play the show, you know, from the, uh, the lighting console. And then it's just going to trigger the media server. And the reason why it, it usually runs this way when you're running actual video screens is because you really need a powerful graphics card to drive video screens, especially if you want to drive um, high resolutions, multiple screens, or um, be modifying the video with effects a good bit. That that places a lot of strain on the video card. And let's face it, lighting consoles aren't built to do that most of the time. You know, some as we go into the future, some of them are beginning to be built that way. But in general, they, they, they're not. So we need an external media server to trigger that out. Now, you might be asking yourself at this point, you say, okay, David, we, we've talked about already, and this is a pretty quick overview, but we've talked about already running uh, video via pixels, which could happen straight out of our lighting console, potentially. Um, and, and we can go back to the episodes 45 and 47 of this very podcast to learn more about that. Um, we dive deep in there. Or we can run things as video, but what if we want to do both? Well, if you want to do both, then there's a few options there. Um, some media servers, such as Resolume, allow some limited ability to, to send out pixel data as well as uh, video data. Entex Elm can do that as well. Um, but if, if you do need, if you, if you check that out and you find that that's not enough control for you, then you can use a regular media server, and that's usually how it starts, to, to drive your, your video screens that take video signal, and then run the output of that into a pixel mapping program like Entex Elm and have that map the pixels to whatever content's coming through. Whew. All right, so using video in general, as, as you've probably guessed from, from this podcast so far, and there's a little shorter one, but that's okay, it, it's a pretty vast topic, and... Um, while I like a lot of the times to make exact equipment recommendations and software recommendations, um, in this case, especially when you're working with video, it's it's really going to depend on your exact needs. So if you do want to learn more about using pixels and uh, and and um, you know driving custom LEDs and things like that, 
I do have a full action plan inside of Learning Stage Lighting Labs. So Labs members, you can check that out. That's totally included with your subscription. And uh, it is called Custom LED Design 101. And then there's a follow-up called Pixel Party that shows you how to control that stuff. So you don't want to miss out on that. All right. So in closing, I, I hope you've learned something new today. I hope this is cool to you. Um, as part of this podcast. Now, I do have a big, 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 big ask for you if you've made it this far into the podcast, which is not that far. Um, to be honest, it's a shorter episode today. But, um, you know, if you do listen to this podcast, I need you to go to learnstagelighting.com slash survey um, so that I can find out what you want to see for the future of this podcast. Okay, that's really important. Okay, because um, so far I've put this out for a week or two. I haven't gotten any responses from anybody. And I want to know uh, what you like about the podcast because there's a pretty good number of people that listen. I want to know what you don't like about the podcast. And most importantly, I want to know what you want to see more of in the future. You know, ultimately, um, a podcast and YouTube and Learn Stage Lighting Labs and, and everything that I do, you know, all the content that I put out about learning lighting, it's really all for you. And so I want to know what you want, you know, ultimately. So, so please do let me know. Um, it, it's really going to help me a lot to, to be able to mold as we go into 2019 um, what the podcast is going to look like and um, let me know how I can best help you. So please let me know and uh, I'd be glad to mold the podcast around you guys. All right, guys, that's it for the show. I'll see you guys back here next week where we're going to be digging Q&A. So over at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. Folks like you fill out that form and um, and then I answer your questions live here on the show. So I hope you're having a great day and I'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.